I want to start this morning by embarrassing myself. Those of you that know me won't be that surprised. It's a regular occurrence with me. I often say or do something that leads to my embarrassment. Coffee and food stains on carpets in houses are my signature sign. I don't mean to do it, but the harder I try not to, the, the more it seems to happen. I want to share with you one embarrassing story. I'd been invited over to Dan and Rachel Bennett's house for dinner one evening. I hadn't been a Christian that long, and they were my cell leaders at the time. I can say cell, no one's going to shoot me. <laughs> it was, it was cool that then. Anyway, it was an opportunity to get to know each other, and I was grateful for the invite as I, I didn't know many people then. Um, the atmosphere was relaxed. We were sitting in the lounge having tea in our laps when I went and said something I will never forget. I don't think Dan or Rachel either. I knew what I meant to say and how it was intended, but I jumped the conversation forward in my head. I often do that. The, the, in my head, the, the conversation went like this. So, Rach, I used to work for Law Ashley, and one of the perks of working for them was that we get huge discounts on, on items that are, are not sold in the shops. Um, if you're not one of these people that don't wear leather, I have a, a leather jacket, a woman's leather jacket in the car. Would you, would you like it as a, as a gift? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> this is what I actually said, though. Are you ready? <laughs> so, Rach, do you wear leather? As she, <laughs> As she choked on her food and went bright red, I knew I must have said something wrong. And I was like, and no, no, I, I can't, I didn't mean it like that. I, I can't believe I said that. I don't think I'll ever live that down. I can't take it back. And we still laugh about it today. Why have I shared that this morning? Well, the Bible puts it like this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue of our words. What we say affects others. And when God speaks, it is exactly the same. God speaks to us, but also so that we can affect others, so that we can bring life to their situation. I don't believe that when God speaks to us, we're supposed to keep it to ourselves. We have a whole book. We have a whole book. In fact, 66 of just that. The word of God spoken to others so that we can learn sometimes by mistakes made, and then so that we can grow, sometimes by difficult situations and how God transformed them, and then how we can live and lead as we follow Christ's example. So, what has God been saying to me lately? When I first heard of this title, I immediately thought of the Janet Jackson song. Uh, I won't embarrass myself further by singing it, but if you haven't heard it, it goes, what have you done for me lately? What has God said to me lately? It worked in my head anyway. But what actually, it gave me something to think about. And what I actually thought was this. It's often the case that we don't know what God is saying to us because we're more concerned on, with what he's doing for us. I'll say that again. I don't know if I said that clearly. But it's often the case we don't know what God is saying to us because we're more concerned with what he's doing for us. I know I've been guilty of this. A bit of participation now. God answers prayer. Amen. 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 Good, thank you. <laughs> Whether it's a yes, no, or maybe, God does answer prayer. Prayer is our relationship with God. And in, order to, and in order for it to be a relationship, 
we have to listen. I bet you all know people who just talk at you, hardly pausing to, to take a breath. They'll tell you everything, sometimes stuff you'd rather not hear. Then, when they're done, off they go to the next person to talk at. You can't make a relationship with that person. They haven't got the time to, to listen. Sometimes that's the case with us and, and our relationship with God. Uh, of course, we'll pray. We'll put our requests before him. We'll give him thanks for who he is. But listen, maybe not. Just as it is with that person who talked to you, so it is with God. You know, if that person was to just shut up for five minutes, you'd probably be able to solve half their problems. I'm not telling you that God is telling you to shut up, but maybe he is. <clears throat> I want to share with you what I've learned from listening to God over the last year. It's been a constant theme. The more I listen, the more God speaks. Funny that. Last year was, last year was a tough one. It didn't start out like it, but it sure ended like it. I know for many people here, it was a, a tough one too. And as a church, we faced some storms together. The disciples faced a, a few storms too. And the one I'm going to talk about appears in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I'll be referencing from all of them. But for now, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. That's Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. <clears throat> it says this, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm, storm struck the lake and waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly all was calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. You've probably heard and read that story many times. For me, God used this passage of scripture to speak majorly into the storm I was facing in my own life. And there's three things, three things that I want to pull out of it and share with you today. Number one, the first thing is suddenly. I think storms are more effective when they happen suddenly. Certainly, that's what the enemy would have us believe. Has anyone been abroad and experienced a storm? One minute it's blazing hot, sun is shining, all is good. The next you're in the middle of a horrendous storm. It has to be seen to be, seen to be believed. Ferocious rain, electric lightning and deafening thunder. That's how it was for the disciples. All was good for them. They'd witnessed Jesus perform many miracles, listened to his teaching and seen him transform lives. It was blazing hot for them. They were on a high then suddenly, suddenly their lives were turned upside down. Fear gripped them. They were in real danger. Many of them were experienced fishermen, but they weren't ready for the storm that followed. Last year started amazing for me. On the 31st of January, I got married to the girl of my dreams. Aww. 
Aston Villa were flying in the Premiership <laughs> until they went. Yeah, yeah. We had a, an amazing honeymoon away, and when we got back, we had a new house to, to move into and, and make our home. My relationship with God was good. Uh, the sun was shining. I was on a high. Then suddenly, suddenly, two months into the marriage, D, my wife, lost her job. A few moments after that, um, I had a serious accident at work. I got hit by a forklift truck, nearly crushing my right foot. Then, to make matters worse, um, I got an infection in it. It was all green and horrible. About three times, three times the size of a, a normal foot. My darling wife said that I reminded her of Shrek's foot. You seen Shrek? That's nice of her. I said more the Incredible Hulk. Seems a bit manly. But then I realized they were both green and ugly. So I gave up there. At the hospital, the word amputation was mentioned. And I couldn't get that out of my head. Our lives had been turned upside down. Fear gripped us. We were in danger. Number two, the second thing I'm pulling from the story is, why me? Don't you care? We're now back in the boat with the disciples. They're in real fear for their lives. The boat is filling with water and waves as high as 20 feet are crashing against the bow. You can imagine the sheer panic. Twelve guys rushing around, screaming, shouting, working hard together to, to survive. And they really didn't think that they were going to. While they were doing this, Jesus sleeps. Jesus sleeps. The disciples can't believe this. They go to Jesus and, and wake him. And this wouldn't, have been a, this wouldn't have been done politely either. This wasn't a loving whisper wake-up call. This was a life and death moment. You can sense the desperation as we read the accounts in Matthew and Mark. Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And then in Mark, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? How many of us have been in that position? And I, I know I have, and on more than one occasion. When my accident happened, that's all I could focus on. I too asked those same questions. Why me? And don't you care, Lord, that this is happening to me? It also felt like Jesus was sleeping. The disciples had forgotten who Jesus was, and we can do that too. All the miracles they'd witnessed previously meant nothing now. Their focus was on the storm and how it was affecting them. This is an attitude we all can have. Sometimes our storms seem bigger because we make them that way. They consume us. They cause us to take our eyes off Jesus, which then does lead us to ask that very question. Lord, don't you care? Number three. Number three, the third and final thing I'm pulling from this story appears in Luke chapter 8, verse 25. The disciples were terrified and amazed. I'll say that again. The disciples were terrified and amazed. This really spoke to me. This is just after Jesus calmed the storm. And he asked the disciples, where is your faith? For me personally, I don't think that this is a major rebuke by Jesus. More of a gentle push, or maybe not gentle, but a push in the right direction. 
I see it as Jesus saying, come on, guys. You know me. You see me. You can trust in me. And can't you see that yet? Well, I believe they did start to see it that day. The Bible says they were terrified and amazed. They had just been through one of the most terrifying ordeals they could face. But at the same time, the Bible says they were amazed. They were amazed at what Jesus had done. But now, more importantly, they were amazed by who he was. I too was terrified and amazed. I have shared the disciples' experience. I was rushed into hospital. They had to, hop, they had to operate quickly on my foot as the infection had got worse. They wouldn't know the full extent of how bad it was until they'd done the operation. The word amputation had been mentioned and I was just praying that I, when I woke up, my foot was still attached. Praise God it was. And I, I don't mean that lightly. Praise God it, it was. And they'd managed to dig all the infection out too. This, however, left a huge hole in my leg just above my right ankle. I was terrified and amazed. I was terrified when I first saw, when I first saw the extent of the damage and the size of the hole. A nurse had to come in regularly to change the, the dressings. Has anyone seen the, the magic trick where the magician proceeds to pull hankies from up his sleeve? They just keep going and going. That's what it was like when my dressings needed to be changed. Bandages just kept coming out of the holes. I was scared. But I was also amazed. I was also amazed. I was amazed as I said that my foot was still attached. I was amazed by the, by the healing process too, as the hole got smaller and smaller. But more importantly, I was amazed by who Jesus was. You see, for me, the storm had to be calmed on the inside. That's where my real fear was. And when I fixed my eyes on Jesus, he did just that. And that's what I believe this story is really about. Yes, Jesus calmed a, a real storm. He did that. But I think he's really trying to teach the disciples to be calm on the inside, to trust in him. Storms are terrifying. And some of you might be in one right now. Some of you may face one in the future. And some of you may have just come out of one. But wanna, what, what I want to say to you is, Jesus does care. And you too can by, be amazed by who he is. Just as he was with the disciples in the boat, he is with you right now. When going through tough times, the world says, not to worry, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know about you, but I don't find that very helpful. Tunnels are long, dark, scary places, and the light seems a, a long, long way away. The thought of trying to get there on my own is very frightening. But God says this, you have light in the tunnel. You have light in the tunnel. You are not alone. I am with you. You can still be amazed. You may have also heard the phrase tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Well, I want to, I think that God is saying to forget that. Your vision is not impaired. The Bible says that when you seek him, you shall find him. That's a promise. 
And right now, God wants to repair your sight so that he can take your eyes off the storm and truly fix your eyes on him. God wants you to be amazed by him, by who he is. God is always in control of the storm. Always in control of the storm. In Matthew, it says that the storm came suddenly. And then later, when Jesus rebuked the wind and waves, it says that suddenly all was calm. I don't know about you, but I thought that was amazing. Suddenly, the storm came. Suddenly, all was calm. This is where listening becomes... Sorry. God wants to calm the storm on the inside. This is important. God wants to calm the storm on the inside before he calms the storm on the outside. That's always the case. I truly believe that. Psalm 46 verse 10 says this. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. This is where listening becomes vitally important. This is God speaking directly to you. Right to your inner being. This is where God is telling me to to shut up. I shared with you earlier that God sometimes wants us to do that. And now is that time. I think God can say it far better than I ever could. So we're going to pause. I'm going to shut up and let God speak. Let's just close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. Let's become still. And let's focus on God. Let's give him this moment. And as we do that, I believe God will speak. Whatever storm you're in, God is in control. Some of you may not be in one right now. You may face one in the future. Some of you may have just come out of one. You will know God is in control. Let's just rest in his presence for a minute or so. Let's just be still.